We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. The whole burst to it. 20. Side steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo, my host, my partner in crime, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. It's been a hot minute since Mike's been on the show, yet he's living the dream out in California. Mike, how you doing? Man, as you say, living the dream. <laughs> Nice 85 degree weather, nice and breezy. Just need to be a little bit closer to the beach. Only an hour and a half, two hour drive away. So we're not complaining. So one question though for you, because you know how nerdy I am. The 85 degree weather. I know you last time we talked, we had a, you had a Bermuda lawn. Have you gotten out there yet and taken care of that lawn yet? Well, you know what? Uh, I can see a distinct difference in part of the backyard so kind of dealing with the gardeners who uh you know i'm gonna try to get them to take it over but nevertheless uh yeah there's this distinct difference between the back and some of the front where uh been able to get some of those good treatments in so uh yeah it's been kind of cool to see that and then uh you know now we got this second round we're gonna get it dialed in for this summer did you get the stuff I told you about? Did you find something better? Oh, no. Some of the stuff you did. So, oh, yeah. It worked out good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good stuff. All right. 
Most of you here aren't here to listen to grass conversation, the nerds that we are. You're here to talk some Rams, and let's get to it. Right away, For if you've been listening to the podcast, you've been listening to NFL news, the big thing for the Rams, and the fact we're in a dead season, has been the trade rumors surrounding Julio Jones. Now, late last week, it was reported the Rams were totally out of the hunt for Julio Jones. That becomes the truth now. He's been traded to the Tennessee Titans for a second and a fourth round pick with a sixth round pick also going to the Titans. How do you feel about this trade and what was your initial reaction to it? Well, you know, the initial reaction is always like, oh, okay, well, you know, a good player. Uh, But then, you know, I looked at a couple articles and different things in regards to, you know, what we have and what we're looking for or, you know, even if you have to give up another second and four, uh, you know, do you want to do that also with a guy 32 years old coming off a season that having a hamstring injury? So that hammy thing can can be a situation that can can linger. But again, you know, top caliber receiver like that, you know, who knows? But I think overall, I think the Rams feel like they got a good mix and everything comes down to, you know, chemistry in the room. So you add another guy in, uh, you know, it could be a positive with chemistry or maybe not. Uh, But I was just a little surprised that, you know, guy like Jalen Ramsey just kind of like, oh, man, I can't believe we didn't do this. And I'm going like, "Okay, Jalen, man, you just, you know, sometimes you you do need to just kind of play ball because you can't every time something doesn't seem like it's going your way, you kind of complaining about it. What about your thoughts, D.C.? Well, I was just about to hit the Jalen Ramsey thing. My thoughts (sighs) – I'm conflicted about it. Part of me wants them to go for it. You know, really go for it. You know, Hollywood Jones is one of the best in the like one of the best receivers in the last twenty years to play the game. And and there's definitely some argument saying he's been he's one of the best of all time. But he's also been a little injury prone of late. The Rams are up against the cap as it is. You can make some moves to get you where you need to to go. But they're short on draft picks. And at some point, you really are sacrificing your future. Sooner or later, you gotta say enough with the trading draft picks away. You've gone pretty deep in on your draft picks. You know, the Rams will have a first round pick now, I think, until what, twenty ninety? I don't know. I mean it's it's gonna be a while. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so but what's been a savior for them is they've drafted fairly well, you know, later on in the draft. You start getting rid of those mid-round picks, even though it's cheaper than we thought it was going to be. We know the idea was first-round pick, two first-round picks maybe, a two and a four. And that's what they got. Isn't that what they gave up like for Sammy, Sammy Watkins? Was it a two and a four or something like that? So I, I just look at it like how many times you're going to give away draft picks like this. And that's – Kind of the point with Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is a fantastic football player, and I totally get him thinking, "Hey, we get a Julio Jones here, we're going to win a Super Bowl." But you know, given the talent level that's been on this Rams team for the last couple of years, I gotta think you you can't just simply mortgage everything at this point. The Rams they've got talent, 
They've got talent. They've got their guys in place. They're still the youngest team in the league. Okay, but you you just can't basically throw the baby and the bathwater out. Sooner or later, I've been saying this for years, Mike, the Rams are going to take their medicine. I think they've been taking some of it the last couple of years now. But if they keep doing things like trading away all these picks, they're going to do more than take their medicine. They're not going to have any medicine to take. So there won't be anything there. And so I just I think that Jalen, you know, he's, he's going to think like a football player. He's not going to think like an executive. He's not going to think about the future. He's thinking about the now. But you know what? You know when he'll be thinking about the now? When that now is a team is 2-14 and 14 and he's playing on off a football team. And they got nothing in the cover to help him. Yeah, and, and to your point, I love that the, uh, your analogy about, you know, taking your medicine, you know, because that's kind of what came to my mind is, yeah, you can't keep trading away picks trying to somewhat go, we're going to go all in again this year, all in, all in, all in. And then the next thing you know, you don't have any picks for the next 10 years. You know, you wait until the fourth round to, to you know, get your first pick. So you got to be careful with that uh, when you're looking long term in regards to just a football team. I think most of the people believe that if you're really going to have a team, you're going to hopefully add a couple, you know, solid free agents in the offseason. But really, the best way is going to be building through the draft, you know, because when you start getting into the the unrestricted free agent and trading, you know, because one thing comes to mind, you know, it ended up being a, a second and a fourth. But that probably was because it wasn't a bunch of other teams saying, you know, I know New England was looking at it a little bit, but they did the same thing like, ah, we did that with, you know, guys to new and then it didn't kind of work out too well. So the thing is, if you don't have quote unquote a bidding war, if the Rams come in, now things start, the ante goes up. So uh, obviously, you know, they got a good player in Julio Jones. But yeah, I, I think the Rams did a good job just kind of, as we say in the stock market world, sometimes you just got to sit on your hands. Yeah. And, I if it's a tough decision to make because you want that Super Bowl, but what we found is nothing's guaranteed. I think back to the 2000 Redskins. This is my favorite example to use, and that team went out there and got Deion Sanders and got all kinds of veteran players, star yeah. players, spent millions of dollars. You know what they did? They okay. We've seen franchises do it across the board for years. The Angels have done it. The Orioles did it. We've seen the Dallas Cowboys make a sport of it. Okay. Exactly. And you sometimes going out there and getting that next star isn't the answer, especially if it means going down the road and having nothing to play with. You can't keep doing what the Rams have been doing. I don't have a problem with them doing what they've been doing, by the way. I think if you're in that window, you got to take your shots. But sometimes you cannibalize your future away. I, I, I can use another great example of Detroit Tigers. Detroit Tigers in the early 210s, man, they were on the cusp, man. And they basically spent out their pharmacists and got to the point where they were trading away members of their, of their major league roster, key players, to bring in 
other guys. In the end, look at the tires now. They are a train wreck. And, you know, they, they're probably another two, three, maybe even four years away from being competitive as a franchise again after that franchise was completely gutted. The Rams, in the, in the NFL, the Browns have shown it. Other teams have shown it. You can turn around pretty quickly. The Rams did it, okay? But you need pieces to do it. You need capital to do it, draft capital. You need salary cap space. They don't have the cap space, and their draft pick capital isn't that bad. We think it is, but you know what? Our first length of things is, but it's not. But you keep trading away those picks, and all of a sudden, all your capital is gone. And then, how are you going to build? Yeah, and you know, to truth be known, the biggest thing is because you can't really see in the future what we see, and we saw it very evidently with these Lakers, just got put out in the first round. When the injury bug hits, that throws everything out of order. You know what I mean? So that's the key with any of these teams being picked to go to the Super Bowl, this championship, to this and to that. Uh, that's always minus major injuries to key players. So, again, the thing, unfortunately, with Julio Jones, a little bit snake bit in the last couple of years with some injuries here and there. Now, you know, you hope that guys at that level, you know, they got all this extra training and so on and so forth they can do. Uh, you know, again, he's going from dome. I think they're grass where he'll be. You know, obviously, uh, <clears throat> I think the Rams, we have a form of grass, turf. But, you know, all those things come into play when now you're talking about, you know, getting older at the wide receiver position. Yeah, and it's, I get the concern. I don't really think they have a true number one. We've been harping on the number one receiver thing for a long time. We thought we had solid Brandon Cooks, a field stretcher. And, and at times, the last couple of years, the Rams have missed the field stretcher. But, but what about Van Jefferson? What about a couple of these tight ends you've been developing? Does it necessarily have to be a guy like Julio Jones? I don't know. Right. I, I, I think Van Jefferson is going to surprise well, not me. You know, I thought he should have got a lot more playing time last year. But, you know, everything out of uh, camp and news out here is like, you know, he's kind of tearing it up and just, you know, everything that they expect. And, you know, Sean McVay is like, oh, man, this guy's one of the premier route runners. And, you know, so I don't know, man. I just had a funny feeling that, you know, maybe last year because he's a former son of a a great wide receiver it was it's almost like they didn't want him to feel like hey we're giving you something and you know somewhat making him earn it but shoot when i saw a guy like him running down as a gunner on special teams and doing different stuff i'm like okay this guy's trying to do whatever he can to get on the field and help the team win so it's going to be nice to see this year uh him actually be able to showcase some of the things that I think we talked about last year as far as just overall ability to to get open, speed, ability to catch. And so, uh, man, I'm excited about what he brings to the table. And again, you got Deshaun Jackson, who's still one of the fastest wideouts in the game. And again, if he can stay healthy, you talking about some combinations with 
you know, him, Van, Cooper Cuff, you know, Robert Woods, the tight ends, you know, Cam Akers out the backfield. You, you're talking about an offense that could be legit. So, man, there's a lot to be excited about. I think it went in terms of Van Jefferson, the best thing that had happened for to Van Jefferson was the Jared Goff trade. Jared Goff already had his guys, in my view. He already had his guys who relied on. And that's the truth. You know, two, three years behind in terms of rapport with these other receivers. And these aren't just any receivers, these are these are guys who are good guys. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. So now you get Matt Stafford in there. This is not even a Matt Stafford versus Jared Goff argument. This is just report. Everybody gets a fresh start with the new guy, the new quarterback. Everybody has a chance to form a report at the same time. This, I think, changes the game and really gives him a chance to compete for that playing time where he might not have had that before. I think sometimes we underestimate the the impact or the lack of impact rookies make based on the guys who are already there. Same thing, I think, for Cam Akers last year. Cam Akers didn't exactly start the year on fire. There are a couple guys ahead of him, but eventually he found he he earned it, right? Well, now Van Jefferson and a much more crowded receiving core has a chance to earn it with Matt Stafford there. I think it's a great opportunity for him. And, and honestly, if he bombs this, it's on him. But I don't think he will. I think we're going to see Van Jefferson, like you're saying, really emerge. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of... Uh... I guess it was 88. We ended up getting, you know, after the whole, all the trade, the Eric Dickerson trade, you know, we ended up getting Aaron Cox and Flipper Anderson. Well, Aaron Cox became, you know, a starter and Flip was just kind of a guy. And then Aaron, again, started, you know, having some hamstrings issues. And the next thing you know, Flip got on the field, you know, start making plays and catches. And the next thing you know, uh, he never looked back. And so, to your point, different situations present different opportunities. And if certain guys get certain opportunities and they take advantage of it, they get a chance to flourish. And that's what I think is going to happen. Don't underestimate you know, guys like Jacob Harris emerging. Um, we already have Tyler Higby there. I think that you know we'll see him re- you know, reemerge as the guy we saw two years ago. I think that this Rams offense is going to be very tough to stop. You don't have a guy who's going to hog all the snaps, but you have a core of pieces that alone, like I don't think, I'm not so sure the Cooper Cup is a star on another team. People aren't going to like hearing that. I don't think he's a star like he is for the Rams. I don't think Robert Woods is who he is for another team right now. We saw it with Buffalo. But you get the right players in the right system with the right coaching staff with the right everything, and you can you develop something special. I think the Rams are on the cusp of that. And I think we've seen that in the past. They got away from it, but you know they they've got their quarterback. They better protect him. But if so, we're going to see some very special things in the Rams' offense this year. On the negative, for being a Debbie Downer, could be hundred percent wrong. Everything can flop. Guys get hurt. Offensive line falls apart. It'll protect Stafford, and here we go. Train wreck with no first-round pick to help fix it. So, you know, that's the reality of the situation. It's, I think, for the Rams, feast or fast. You know, feast or what? Feast or famine? There we go. Feast or famine. This is not going to be an 8-8 team. 
they're going to be a 12 and 4 team <laughs> or they're going to be a team that falls apart. And I just don't see that happening under McVay. Yeah, and that's that's the kind of the exciting thing that supposedly uh not supposedly, but a lot of reports are saying that you know McVay and the intellect and it seems like him and uh Stafford are connecting already on a different level that he wasn't able to connect with with Jared Goff. And again, you know, you could say, well, Jared was still a little bit young and this and that. Okay, you you could say that, uh, but you know, about that many years in the league, you can't really say that. But uh, you know how it is. It's it's like once you get an opinion of someone, it's like it's hard to now say that's not how I feel about it. So, you know, when you hear now a lot of rumblings about how McVay would just kind of be going off on this guy at practice and meetings and, you know, things like that, uh, which made sense. We talked about a lot, you know, we'd look at his his body language on the sideline and, you know, we kept talking a lot about, man, I've never seen, the, you know, the head coach, they call a timeout and don't even really talk to the quarterback. That's kind of weird. But, It'll be interesting to see, uh, especially given, you know, uh, some of these these top games that that we have this year. You know, there's a kind of a seven game stretch that could be some super big games for us. That's a a concern, though. We're thinking about potential problems. The Rams, this division, as good as it was last year, is better. It's it's better. Every team in that division got better in the draft, or in free agency, or both. They all got better, and I think that can be one thing that hurts the Rams. They beat each other up for much of the season, where teams in weaker divisions stack up the wins, and there you go. That's a concern for me. Yeah, and and that's where you know what we you know we talked about. Uh, or I talked about a lot of, you know, mock D coordinator, Fritz Schirmer is like, we just trying to put one in the bank, get one more in the bank than we got last week. So that's the approach I think will be for the Rams truly taking it week by week, you know, putting one in the bank that you should and one that may be questionable. You're going to have to put some of those in the bank as well. And then as we talked about, I think as long as we can stay relatively healthy, yeah, it's going to be a good shot for the Rams to be in the thick of things down the stretch. I mean, that's the thing. If there are a different division, hey, let's put it in the NFC East. How good? How what would their win total be compared to being in the NFC West? In yeah, the, I, I mean, mean, the Redskins' defense is nasty, but that's right now. Nobody else in that division scares you. Arizona's legit. Seattle is going to be legit. The 49ers, if they're healthy, are legit. legit. So, And they are a team, like we've said a million times, they're a team that was built to beat the Rams. So, you know, I'm just, that is on my mind. Like, you know, I'm not saying the Rams are going to struggle this year. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is watch the, these teams beat up each other all year. All year. If everybody goes 3-3 three and three in that division, and let's just say Washington goes 6-0 and against the rest of the NFC. It's a three-game match right there. Right there. Yeah, well, you know, you remember last year we talked a lot about being all the COVID and the protocols that, you know, 
we kind of talked about it being a, a wash for everyone, but obviously wasn't. Some people lost their jobs. But when you look at this year, a little bit more normal offseason OTAs and things like that, guys actually on the field throwing and catching passes, that's going to give everybody a little bit more of confidence in what you really have. You know what I mean? You 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 can go out. You can't, you know, get to camp two weeks and talk about we, we got two weeks of camp and then we're going to play a game. Pretty daunting task. But this year, having a little bit more of a normal offseason with guys being able to get out, run around, catch, throw, uh, get to know each other in person, not on Zoom meetings. Obviously, I'm, I'm sure those things are still taking place. But, yeah. I think across the board, all the teams are going to have that opportunity to get better, more cohesive, you know, whether it's uh, just friendly banter or just, you know, working out together, all those good things. So, yeah, it's going to be a real interesting year because, as you said, everybody in this division got better. And they, they all are looking for the same prize right now. The Rams have a little bit of motivation. They, you know, who wouldn't want just to play the Super Bowl at home? They'd now be the second team to do it to host the Super Bowl and potentially win. I'm hoping, hoping us all hope that this is going to be the year. They got to me a two year window. And then you got to decide to do with Matt Stafford and see what happens there. You got guys who are approaching 30, you know, Aaron Donald getting that big 3 0. So it's. They're now at that point. They're at that point now where you got to go get this Super Bowl because your your core is going to turn over. Your core is turning over, and oftentimes when these veterans turn 30, 31, 32, their value starts becoming a lot less, both on the field and in terms of when it hits your salary cap. But they got to do it. Now's the time. Go get that Super Bowl. It's got to happen. Yeah, I mean, and and you can see, obviously, you've had a couple teams. I mean, Casey's been able to get there uh, a couple times recently. But when you look at it, again, it makes those years, even though Buffalo didn't win, getting to the Super Bowl four years in a row. Uh, the Niners going, I don't know, five out of seven years or something. And then, you know, we're not even going to bring up the all-time greats at it, but the New England Patriots forever in Super Bowls. Uh, it just goes to prove it's just not easy to just get to the Super Bowl. So to your point, man, most teams only have a window of time and certain opportunities. And again, we think Aaron Donald can be great for who knows X amount of more years. He's loaded the ground. He has leverage. He's got this. He's got that. But at the same time, when you're getting double and triple team on most every play, that's going to wear on you no matter how much you get your body in shape. I mean, that helps stave off the the old man, as we call him. But again, you know, Father Time catches up with everyone. And, and if you looked at, again at the Lakers, you know, LeBron James, you know, you get a high ankle sprain. Now you're out not a game or two. You're out like 20 games. And then you say, hey, I was never back. And you know, all these things. So part of that is called father time. Your body just doesn't respond as well as it does when you're younger. So, 
yeah, I think this year for sure uh, and next year for sure are going to be, you know, some prime opportunity years to be able to go get that Super Bowl. Well, and other NFL news. Well, actually, before we get there, folks, here's some comments from our sponsor. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, other NFL news. Other NFL news. Aaron Rodgers holds out at Packers minicamp. And that's being called an escalation. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, that is becoming more and more intriguing. You know, because Mark Murphy was a former player. And so... uh I know from one standpoint, he knows what it is to be a player and all those things, but there's something else that's going on behind the scenes that just doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, I mean, we've heard that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, feels like he's an intellectual and all that good stuff. But, you know, I think their record the last two years, what, 28 and six or something I saw. But you have a guy playing at a super high level. Again, I don't know how these teams end up with these situations where you have a guy in his prime still playing at a high level, and then something like this happens, it seems like, for no reason, but then it goes, well, maybe they're doing it on purpose. I don't know. You mean, are you saying Aaron Rodgers is doing it on purpose, or? No, no. I know not so much Murphy, but the other GM, you know, though they say he's assembled a team and this and that, but there's something there where, again, it seems like it goes back to, they just didn't even give him a heads up on drafting Jordan Love. And then it just seemed like it's carried over into, you know, well, they had an opportunity to say, Hey, Aaron, we're going to do right by you and, and go ahead and sign you to an extension or give you another bonus or something like as a thank you, but now it's at the point where I think Aaron Rodgers is going to chuck up the deuces and go, guys, I'm not stepping back on that field. I'm confused, though, on that one. Who are you confused? Because, let's go back here a little bit. report came out in May, May 6th, all right, that Aaron, the Packers made an offer to Aaron Rodgers that would have made him 
the NFL's highest paid quarterback in the offseason. This is from uh, May 6th, according to the Athletic. Okay. And missed that. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll see the link. But basically, what it's saying is, is that would have made him, it would have given him more than $45 million per year. Been a huge, would have been a huge raise, quote, quoting the article, huge raise over the $21.5 million that Rodgers is due to make this year. Okay. So, to me, that's, they made an offer to him. So, what's the problem? Yeah, I mean, that being the case, yeah, that's some real money. I mean, you you may be kind of concerned that Mahomes is making more than you, but you already signed a contract also in 2018. Right. That's not too long ago. You made well, everybody knows once you sign a contract, it's no longer going to be the best of the best because somebody in the next year is going to sign a, you know, one that's making a little more money. And so that's the thing with contracts. You know, everybody knows once you sign one, yours is now going to be outdated. But again, how much is enough? You sign on the dotted line. You know, you can't. You know, and I think, unfortunately, you know, my man, Eric, that was a little bit that kind of, you know, though he had some grievances, but once you've signed a contract, you know, you just can't keep renegotiating it every six months, you know, because the guy over there got a little more money. Well, here, and here's the, ex- the extension from 2018 was a four year, 134 million extension. So that's what. Four divided by one thirty. Well, one thirty-four divided by four is trying to do math. So, what thirty-three and a half a year? I'm on my math's awful. Pull a calculator out of here. In today's random things that happen on the podcast, pull a calculator out. I kind of have a you know this is Green Bay, like this is a blue collar town. These people, you know, they work hard for their money, and you know they're they're more. Of the, yeah, thirty-three and a half million per year. Yeah, okay. there are more of a, there are more of a, a, a people who aren't going to accept somebody behaving this way. I mean, they, I'm, twenty years from now, no one's going to care. Aaron Rodgers will be, you know, revered there. Okay, but you know, just like Brett Farr in his last couple years in Green Bay weren't pretty. I kind of get the feeling this is where it's going with Rodgers as well. In that, you know, he it's. There's going to be a breach in how the Packers want to do things and how uh, the, the player wants to do things. And sometimes the player's right. I think you and I have had our fair share of debates on this. But if the Packers, in this very same offseason, did indeed make you an offer that would make you the highest-paid quarterback in the league, and you turned it down, then what do you complain about? Yeah, so then is it complaining or is it saying, yeah, I'm not playing here no more. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's, it's a message of some sort because you either take the dough and go, thank you very much. Appreciate you guys appreciating me. Or you go, yeah, man, it don't matter how much you put out here. I'm done. And so, you know, Aaron, he's, he's been pretty, pretty slick and just kind of not saying a whole lot. And so, you know, he did the Jeopardy gig and he's like, hey, man, I can go do this. And what what do they say? You work like one month 
for a year or something. I don't know how many episodes they filmed, but you know, maybe he figures, hey man, that's a cool gig too. He's got right now. He's got the team has six million in cap space. Okay, with his cap hit next year, his cap hit next year for Aaron Rodgers. Let's take a look at it. It's thirty nine million dollars. Their cap space schedule right now for next year. They are $29 million in the hole as of right now. Now, of course, as you see at the Rams, teams will fix that. But they're going to enter the offseason $29 million over the salary cap. This is Green Bay. Okay, this is not this is not LA. This is not New York. This is this is a different kind of market, and they are much more blue-collar oriented. This this team is owned by the public. I don't see this going well for Aaron Rodgers. In terms of how he is viewed there. And he maybe he doesn't care. But when you've been there your entire career, I have a hard time believing that. Yeah, and 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 like you said, there's precedent that it was seen, okay, we've been down this road before. We could use the precedents to our advantage, or maybe everybody's saying, We don't care. We're gonna do what we do. You either get in line. Or not, you know, uh, we feel like we've been fair or more than fair. And so, you know, at some point in time, each side digs in their heels. Uh, But again, if you have an opportunity to be made, in essence, one of the top paid at your position, uh, you know, again, given your age and all this good stuff, uh, then, yeah, what is the problem? So that's why something is just something personal, man. Well, this is where I kind of have a beef with the whole thing, too. Like, well, you and I, we've talked about this before. My question has always been, if you really care that much about a Super Bowl championship, if you really want a championship that much, then why are you taking a contract that basically bears your team's salary cap? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah on, the flip, yeah, on the flip side of this, it might not be about the money. It might be about his frustration about the team getting to the playoffs and, and falling out. Okay, he wants different players. Well, dude, you have your contract is more than double the next guy. Now, I get it. You're a quarterback. You're going to make that kind of money. But if you are taking on that big a percentage of your team salary cap, then who are you to complain that they aren't they aren't able to afford certain players or they're not fixing certain things? certain parts of the roster, you're, you're part of the problem. And one more thing about that, too. You know, he wasn't innocent when it comes to the whole Mike McCarthy debacle. He, I mean, obviously, the Packers chose him. Mike McCarthy's gone. He's down in Dallas now. But let's also be honest and say that Rodgers, Rodgers wasn't exactly the nicest guy to deal with during that whole process. You know, he used to be the kind of guy everybody liked to hear. You know, everybody loved to talk about. Everybody, you know, thought Aaron Rodgers was a you know this great quarterback. You could do no wrong. And now as he's getting older, you know, it's all you know. Tell me if I'm wrong. You know, tell me if I'm wrong, Mike. But it seems almost like in some ways he's become a bit of a prima donna. Prima donna. Well, you know, it's funny when you say uh, Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I mean, truth is, he kind of forced that guy out of there. And so, again, the the management, they kind of know whatever their discussions were, 
You know what I mean? Like, okay, Aaron, man, we're, we're going to go ahead and do this. And, you know, and obviously when, and maybe they didn't have a discussion directly with him. Okay, Aaron, we're going to do this for you now. And we hope that it doesn't come back to bite us down the road, you know? So maybe you think you get a little more power or have a little more power, but something interesting. I don't know that we may overlook. Aaron Rodgers is now engaged. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you just never know how getting engaged and then start looking at life from a different perspective is a man being a husband or, you know, my wife, you know, it's kind of like Giselle uh, Bunchin and Tom Brady. Uh, She wanted him like, babe, you know, why are you still playing? Well, man, I still got stuff to do. But I'm looking at Aaron, you know, maybe he's just kind of like, you know, I've played football. I got plenty of money. You know, now I've actually found the love of my life. And, you know, maybe he's just more willing at this point to say, you know, what the heck? I don't know. What do you think about that? I mean, I think it's part of it. I mean, there's always a role that, that, you know, your significant other plays, but. This goes back some years, man. There's been some drama brewing in Green Bay for a while now. And when you got that kind of drama growing, my question is going to be, if you're that unhappy there, then why did you sign the extension? Why did you stay? Or if you really, really didn't want out now, why why did the news about you being unhappy with Green Bay basically break the day of the draft, which gave them no real leverage at all to try and move you? So, I mean... Yeah, that's always interesting when those things happen, you know, like who's playing who, you know what I mean? Well, we're going to make sure that they can't do this or do that, or we're going to handcuff this situation just to be, you know, messy or whatever. But to your point, yeah, there's there's been something going on for some years. And like I said, if 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 they, an organization said, well, you know, we're we're going to kind of going a different direction because it don't seem like you and uh, Mike can kind of get along or coexist or whatever, uh, bring someone else in and so on and so forth. So yeah, man, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, people say, Oh man, I think Aaron, he'll just sit out the year. And then it's like, well, why would he leave that much money on the table when, you know, but then do you show up and are you going to be, you know, a malcontent, you know, passive aggressive, you know, hey, man, I can't practice a day. I mean, what does that look like? You know, because there's all kind of ways that you can show up and, and not really, you know, be part of what's what's going on. I mean, that's my big thing with with Packers is. I, I think normally in a conversation, you know, player versus team, I think you are usually more inclined to side with the player, and I'm usually more inclined to, to side with the team. I don't, in this case, I think, I, especially after knowing that there was a contract, I think you and I are kind of on the same page here. Isn't, something doesn't seem right. I think I actually lean a little more towards the team this time. I think you do too. Am I wrong? No, absolutely. You know, and again, at the end of the day, you lean towards what's right and what's fair. Mm-hmm. You know, again, you know, I've been saying for years, You know, once they decided that, oh, the quarterback position has to be the highest paid, I'm like, guys, why? 
it's one position. And yeah, it's very important. But again, you need 11 players on offense to make it work. So instead of the quarterback taking up 80% of your salary cap, or in some cases, you know, 60, 70, you know, how come they can't be 40%? And then that way you can really have legitimate players around. Uh, But yeah, I think a lot of organizations get uh, hamstrung when, you know, you, you go all in with these monster contracts for quarterbacks, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's going to be something that's going to end up happening in Seattle with Russell Wilson. You know, I don't know if that's going to end well eventually either. It it does seem a little more calm for now. Now in Seattle, if, if, uh, geez, if, Russell Wilson takes 60 sacks this year again, 60-plus sacks again. I, I think we're going to see a lot of drama this offseason. Oh, for real? I think he's going to be like, I'm done here and get me out of here. Right, now. right. I'm not going back on the field for you. Just want right. to point that out. I think that'll be done. So just want to point that out. Just want to point that out. All right, so we, we covered, we've covered a couple things here. Jim Fossil. Jim Fossil, former Giants coach, uh, passed away. That was the news today. He's uh, he was seventy one years old. I want to send our condolences to the family out there. I remember watching Jim Fossil take his team to the Super Bowl in two thousand. I'll coach the Giants. I, you know, I mentioned before the podcast was a little odd that when he was fired, he never had another chance at coaching a team again in the NFL. That was a little weird to me. He was actually a pretty successful coach for most of his career. That was weird to me. Um, other than that, the NFL news is pretty light. There isn't a whole lot going on. You have any, you have any thoughts for me? No, I just, you know, with uh, Jim Fossil, I mean, I, I ditto what you're saying. And it's just interesting how certain guys keep getting more and more chances. And then other guys who actually, you know, have a pretty solid record and, you know, known as a pretty good coach, uh, just don't seem to get that chance rolled back again. And so, yeah, shout out to his family and condolences. You know, anytime you lose a loved one, we always say, you know, in the event in the insurance world, in the event of your untimely death, at least your family will be taken care of. But, you know, as much as we know we are going to leave this earth at some point in time, when we do leave it, it's never the right time that, you know, it happens. So, yeah, man, it's just uh, a lot. But, you know, I did want to say, you know, one thing uh, going back on the Rams and looking at Cam Akers, a uh, lot of buzz with him, you know, uh, second year and all the things that he may be able to bring to the table. Uh, what are your thoughts on him overall in this offense? I think I think that he is. Well, you know, I'm going to say it this way. If he's getting it, if he gets his pass, his pass blocking right, and I think if the Rams protect Stafford enough, then you're going to see all kinds of opportunities for him to be special. And I know a lot of guys are, are high on him, and some folks are down on him, but he's really the perfect back for what the Rams are looking for. And you know, with that in mind, 
I really like his potential next year to do, to more, do more than break out. Because, you know, breaking out, yeah, it's all rookie season. That's, a, that's, a, that's what I'll consider a breakout to me. But I think back to Todd Gurley days. And when Todd Gurley was at his peak, the Rams going out the backfield with him, screens, short passing, and then, of course, run the ball with him. I can see Cam Akers doing that. And one of the things the Rams really got away, with, got away from the last two years was the, was the running back screen. That was one of their bread and butters. And that was a play that really helped keep opposing defenses on their heels. And out the Rams get back to that, not a running back screen every other play, but that becomes a big part of their toolbox again because if they have that in there and Akers does what we know he's capable of, then this Rams offense has a true edge over opposing defenses. And so, especially especially opposing defenses that are extremely aggressive and sloppy on the edges, you know that that's that's a real big chance for the Rams to capitalize. And so, I, I see lots of great things for him. I'm just hoping he's at that point where he's taking that next step and ready to go. Yeah, man, I agree that uh, there's a lot that can be done. A lot of uh, advantage can be taken uh, against defenses. Uh, I think one of the things everyone would agree, uh, Akers has a little more top-end speed than Gurley did. And so I think all those things play to a great plus uh, and benefit to the Ram offense. But, you know, as you noted before, you know, last year it just seemed like we could just call the plays. Oh, here we come. Here comes another tunnel screen. Oh, here's another tunnel screen. It's like, what are we doing? So, again, I'm I'm very hopeful that this whole Sean McVay mind and Stafford intellect and they're connecting and, you know, these pieces that are now here on the offense to stretch the field and do all these different things. Uh, again, barring any major injuries, that uh, these things gel and I just think we'll see one of the more explosive offenses in the league this year. Yeah, and that's, again, to me, the offensive line is the key. Protect your quarterback, get some push up front, and everything falls in place from Uvain's offense. Now, real quick, man, maybe I digress. What do you think about uh, Mr. Gurley being a free agent? Doesn't surprise me. Think he'll end up in Detroit? wouldn't surprise me, but honestly, it also wouldn't surprise me if he wasn't on the field this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think for all intents and purposes, I, I, I think he's gotten as much as he can get out of that knee as he could, you know? So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me one bit that, you know, he may not be able to pass a physical for the next team uh, just because. I think he's done, quite frankly. And wow. I mean, I hate saying that. And here's our thing. The Rams were 100% correct to cut him. A lot of well, people yeah, were upset I mean, at that. But we know it now, like hindsight being twenty twenty. Well, you know, I think that's one of the great things that has allowed New England to, even though last year they had a down year, you know, for all intents and purposes, it looks like they're already back after one year. But why is that? Because 
they typically get rid of guys a year or two before they need to because it's like, well, man, we might as well get some more value. But we know just by father time, your play will diminish no matter, again, how much you try to keep yourself in shape and so on and so forth. Uh, the nature of the game and the physicality of the game just doesn't allow you to be playing as a 21 year old when you're 33. So as much as you want to think you are, uh, typically not the case. So yeah, man, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what these things hold because, you know, I don't know if even if Gurley were to sign, I don't know that he's in every down back. I mean, odds are good he'll sign somewhere. I just think he's done. I think when it comes to Todd Hurley, you know, I, I remember getting into this this debate with some football guru, Sierra or something like the Sierra or whatever his name is, whatever his name was on on Twitter, and he's talking about ACL injuries. Now, mind you, I <laughs> I tore the ACL, you know, and he kept, you know, talking about how this career is done and so on and so forth. And I'm like, listen, you don't know where his knee's at. You don't know what's going on with the knee. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of eating, you know, eating crow a couple of years later, even though I stand, I still stand by the opinions that like, we didn't know. No one knows. You just can't assume that this is, that this guy is pretty much done now just because he's had some issues. You know, he actually ran just as fast as, as he um, did pre- um, aggravating the injury. He ran in that playoff game just as fast, the Dallas game, as he did before. So I don't, I just look at Gurley and I wish the Rams would have been more careful when it came to signing the extension. Okay. I wish they would have been more level headed with it because it's cost them down the line. And I'm not I'm not opposed to teams signing running backs to long term deals. By the way, Gurley's a different story. While he had all these numbers, he also had that brutal injury on his record. And more importantly, Mike, you watch him every game. You see him. You can't tell me you didn't have concerns about that knee when you resigned that deal. Now well, so there was there is no doubt, you know, we we me and my boys, we had went down to camp some years back and I could definitely go tell this I'm like, man, this guy's limping. So I remember asking one of the uh the people part of staff and I go, Man, why is girl you limping? Oh well no, that's just kinda how he runs after the surgery. I'm like, No. That dude is literally limping. And, you know, they had him on kind of a a rush count, you know, he wasn't uh, full geared up. He just was in some drills, but he definitely had a limp even then. So, uh, and I think we talked about it. You know, my opinion was he was going to do everything in his power to make sure he was on the field, had at least a decent years to get to that contract extension that he ended up signing. And then I think part of it is when you sign a contract like that, either something mentally or it 
mentally, then it physically manifests like, yeah, man, I don't need to put that type of work in, you know, overcoming, you know, just turning off the pain or whatever it is to go out here and play. You know, I'm paid at this point in time. So I just think it's a combination of all those things and just the idea that, you know, before coming out, you know, certain doctors said he had X amount of years. And again, it was right about the time they signed the extension that uh, it just really was a telltale that what that pre-draft feeling from a lot of doctors were uh, was playing out. I mean, and that's, you, you kind of just, you, I think you used to be smart in that. And, you know, the Rams, I think they've done a lot of good things in the front office, but they've made their share of mistakes. They got, they just, you don't have a, you don't have room for, at least in my view, you don't have room anymore to make those mistakes. You have the youngest team in the league. You have a top heavy salary cap. You had to cut players or let players go. You didn't. You didn't want to let go this last offseason. You can't afford to make more mistakes right now. And that's. I'm hoping that they have learned that lesson in terms of the future. Don't take that risk. Todd Gurley, as fantastic as he was, you just couldn't give him that contract given his history, and they did. And I mean, at the time, I was. I had iffy feelings on. I supported it because it's still my team, but. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, man, this could go really, really wrong. Well, I think they were ended up forced to do it because remember they had gave Jared Goff that extension. I mean, and so at the time, yeah. people were like, "Well, wait a minute, he's not the best player, you know." At least at the time, people more or less figured Gurley was. So I think the Rams, because they ended up paying Goff, I think they just felt like, man. We're like kind of stuck. We got to pay this guy else is going to be a PR nightmare for us. But I'm pretty sure they gave Gurley the extension first and then Goff. You sure? I'm pretty sure. I think I could be wrong. Yeah, because it, it seemed like I remember they paid pay Goff and then it seemed like they kind of were forced to to pay pay Gurley. I mean, see Rams Extend. You could tell that we don't always know where we're going in a conversation. If we're looking up right now, golf. Okay, the rest of the Rams extended golf on September 3rd, 2019. I'm pretty darn sure. Rams extend Gurley. Yeah, they extended him in July 2018. So there you go, a year prior. But, I mean, they they knew they wanted to send Goff, I'm sure. I'm sure at the time they were happy with him. But I, what I like about the Rams, though, is that they, when, even when they make a mistake, they won't hold on to that mistake. They'll get him out of there. You know, and you got to respect that. You, you just get him out of there. Just... If they're not performing, get them, you know, move on. You have to, you can't just hold on to a mistake and keep making the same mistake over again because you wouldn't let them go. Right, right. And so, again, to, you know, jumping back here over on uh, 
Mr. Aaron Rodgers, that's going to be the telltale sign. Like, what are they actually going to do? Because obviously they could get a boatload of something for a guy like him in a trade. Or they going to take their medicine and be, hey, man, we, we're just, well, they're probably not going to release him like that. But, you know, at some point in time, you got to either move on because I know one thing that all organizations do not like. They never would like a player seeming like they got control of them. So that's where. I think that thing with Aaron Rodgers is eventually is going to get ugly because if you give in to him, then it's like, oh, well, this is the new playbook. This is what we do. But, you know, at the end of the day, most of these organizations, they will let everyone know, no, we're in control. And so, yes, we want to be fair to our players. Most organizations do. Uh, Some don't care to be. But. Uh, yeah, that's why I just think I don't, you know, I don't know how this thing is going to end up because, again, you know, is Aaron Rodgers going to try to force him like, you know, Jordan Love played three or four games and maybe not do so well, or maybe he lights it up and he's four and zero after four games. I don't know. Find out. All right, it is time for us to go. It's time for us to get out of here. Let us know what you think. Send us a tweet ask. Uh, get us on Facebook. We want to hear your thought? Email us at rants1945 at gmail.com. Follow me on Facebook at DC Paul. Follow Mike at 1223 or check out the Rams Talk feed at Talk Rams. In the meantime, subscribe. Leave a great review. We'd really appreciate it. For Mike and the entire team here, have a great one. We're out of here. We're out of here. We're out of here. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.